Well, hello there, friends. It's your old pal, Aria Hawani, back with another jam-packed edition of the Wednesday Hawani Show. And what a show this week, my friends. Israel Adesanya's first interview since his loss to Jan Bohovic at UFC 259. George St. Pierre, the greatest of all time, stops by with a whole bunch of things on his mind and a lot to discuss with him, so I can't wait for that. Also, Junior Dos Santos' first interview since his departure from the UFC a couple weeks ago. But before we get to all of that, I mentioned this on Monday, but let me tell you again, if there were a bracket of my favorite sports traditions, filling out a bracket would actually be the champion. How about that? You see what we did there? I love taking on my friends and family in the ESPN Tournament Challenge and beating every single one of them. So sign up right now for the ESPN Tournament Challenge at ESPN.com bracket. And this year, you can boost your bracket with ESPN Plus. Use Bracket Predictor to analyze each matchup, get recommended picks one game at a time, and import your picks directly into ESPN's Tournament Challenge. So sign up right now at ESPNplus.com. Also, don't miss the biggest, baddest heavyweight title rematch in recent memory. That's at UFC 260. Of course, Ibe Miocic against Francis Ngannou. They meet for a second time. It goes down March 27th. It's exclusively available to ESPN Plus subscribers for $69.99. Please visit ESPNPlus.com slash PPV for more. All right, on to today's program, which does contain some language that may not be suitable for all audiences. So, as always, listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Helwani's MMA Show. Back in your life on this Wednesday, March 17th, 2021. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of of the Helwani Show, and also a happy St. Patrick's Day to all of you out there who are celebrating. I know it's kind of a bummer right now, much like last year, maybe a little more optimistic than last year, but uh, hey, this time next year, I think it's going to be fantastic. So something to look forward to. In any event, happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone out there. Like I said at the very top, we've got a phenomenal show for everyone. Israel Adesanya's first interview since his loss to Jan Bohovic. We talk about what went wrong, any regrets, will he ever move back up to heavyweight or light heavyweight again, um, who's next at 185, all that and more. George St. Pierre stops by to talk about teaming up with Karate Combat to talk about Izzy's loss, McGregor's loss, Usman's recent win, eye pokes, all that and more. A tremendous conversation. Also, on the anniversary of his fight against Nick Diaz, eight years ago in Montreal. So always a pleasure, always a treat to talk to the greatest of all time. Also, Junior Dos Santos in his first interview since getting released by the UFC a couple weeks ago, he stops by as well. Two quick notes at the top. Some stuff has happened since we spoke on Monday. Um, we found out that Paulo Costa is out of the Robert Whitaker fight on April 17th. Uh, I'm told he's suffering from the flu, not COVID. He had COVID. So it's... Uh, it's not a you know a super serious situation, but serious enough for him to have to pull out of a fight a month out, which I know has raised some eyebrows. In any event, his replacement is Kelvin Gaslam, and you will remember that Kelvin Gaslam was supposed to fight Robert Whitaker for the belt around I don't know two years ago or so. Yeah, like February two thousand nineteen, and uh, 
Whitaker had that crazy situation where he had the collapsed bowel and all that stuff and had to pull out of the fight. So uh, Kelvin's getting another crack at Whitaker, and, and, and now things are getting really interesting in the middleweight division because, of course, we know that Kevin Holland and Derek Brunson are fighting this weekend. Darren Till and Marvin Vittori are fighting on April 10th, and now we're getting Gaslam instead of Paulo Costa against Robert Whitaker. Um, Gaslam and Izzy had that tremendous fight in April of 2019 in Atlanta. So a bit of a uh, shakeup there. So that was one piece of news that happened since we last spoke. But the even bigger piece of news that happened since we last spoke, UFC 261 just got a whole lot more interesting. It's now a three-title fight card. Kamar Usman versus Jorge Masvidal 2 was added to the card. And by the way, uh, this is happening on April 24th. In addition to that, we're getting Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade and Zhang Weili versus Rose Namunas. Three outstanding title fights. Even more interesting, perhaps, than all of that is it's happening in Jacksonville at the Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena. If that arena sounds familiar, that's the arena that they went to in May of last year when everything was shut down. Empty arena. So they're going back. They're, they're, they're essentially you know paying them back for opening their doors to the UFC last May. But even more interesting is the fact that it is going to be open to everyone. So capacity crowd expected 15,000 people is what it holds this will be one of the very first sporting events in North America not the first because it seems like the Texas Rangers are trying to be the first in early April there's also PBR coming up but one of the very first in an enclosed indoor arena to have a capacity crowd so that would be April 24th in Jacksonville Masvidal Usman 2 a rematch of a fight that happened in July of course uh, this time Masvidal gets a little more time to prepare. Not that much more. I mean, he's getting a month and a half as opposed to a week, but it's not your typical full training camp. But that is obviously massive news that happened on Monday night. I know some fans are upset that Masvidal is getting it, but hopefully this actually expedites things because they were trying to do the ultimate fighter with uh, those guys. And then that would have meant that they were fighting in uh, September. Well, now they're fighting in April. Hopefully we get Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington or Leon versus Bilal Muhammad or Leon versus... Gilbert Burns, and it just keeps that division moving because as we talked about on Monday, that division is just is very slow to evolve right now and uh, it needs some action. So that's some big news. We'll talk plenty more about that on Monday with DC. For now though, let's go to my conversation with Israel Adesanya as we discuss everything that happened and went wrong in his loss to Jan Bachovic. Enjoy. All right. Let us say hello now to the reigning defending UFC middleweight champion. We just saw him just a few days ago in Las Vegas against Jan Bohovic in his attempt to make history to become the first man to hold the 185 and 205 pound title. Unfortunately for him on that night, it did not go his way, but kind enough as always to join us. He is the one and only Israel Adesanya. Israel, how are you, my friend? I'm great, baby. What's up, Ariel? It's good to talk to you. And uh, actually, I want to ask you about where you're at because, uh, you know, you were vocal about the quarantine process in New Zealand and and mental health and needing some help for, you know, not maybe just you, but other people as well. You were very vocal. Dan Hooker told me that, you know, your words led to some changes. So now that you're back in this quarantine process back home, any different since the last time you were there? Uh, yeah, I'm actually in a different facility this time. I'm in Christchurch, so that's in the South Island. And yeah, this to be honest, this one ran a little bit more smoother. Like the, the check-in process was way more step A, B, C, D. Like 
when we were back in Auckland for the last quarantine, it was just a big clusterfuck. Like, yeah, and it was just some weirdness sometimes. And I guess they're kind of like not making it up as they go, but just, yeah. But this time it's a lot smoother. And dealing with the, um, I mean, with the people that I was talking to in the last quarantine, I kind of realized, like I've mentioned before, the mother with the, um, the daughter that had a neurological disease, um, I could see she needed some help. And, you know, as a mother alone with a teenager who needs extra help, you know, you should provide that kind of help because you're locking people up and lend them outside for an hour a day. Sounds a lot like prison and people need people. So, yeah, I'm glad that my my words um, caused some changes, I guess. But, yeah, I'm gravy. Okay. Uh, last time you went through this, you were coming off a win. This time it's coming off your first loss in, in MMA. So here we are, you know, a week and a half later. How do you feel about what happened just a few uh, few days ago in Las Vegas? Yeah, well, last time I went through, through this was um, a win for Carlos, that is. But um, sure. yeah, so coming back here, uh, to be honest, same way I felt after the fight, like not really much has changed. It's just one of those things like, ah, shucks, you know, ah, man. But apart from that, it's like, oh, well, you know, you take the the silver linings, I guess, from from the the performance. You know, I had a, I held a good account for myself. To to put it this way, put it this way, this fight kind of reminded me of shout out to my man Philip Belinden. He's a kickboxer from Belgium. Um, I fought him in, in Turkey, and um, I rematched him again in China. The first time I fought him in Turkey, like he's coming down from heavyweight to uh, light heavyweight to middleweight. Actually, from heavyweight as well. And, you know, I wasn't even like as beefy as I am now. And this fight reminded me of that in the later rounds. I felt like I couldn't do anything because of the size, because it did play a factor in the later rounds. And I have to just, I guess, take that. Because, I, I mean, despite what they want to let you know, Ariel, despite what they want to tell you, these judges or these critics, the fight was close. And I'll, I'll give it to Jan that he, he played the smart game in the fourth and fifth round. When um, I put my foot on the pedal, he he used his timing to get me with a takedown. Because earlier on, they didn't do shit. Like, he took me down. I get back up. He tried to take me down. I blocked it. But then in the later rounds, when I put my foot on the pedal a little bit, little bit too much because I really wanted to solidify it, boom, he got me. And credit to him for that. But, yeah. Um, yeah. It's just the same, like, uh, as, as after the fight. It's one of those things, and I just have to, like, right back to the drawing board. Let's get a crack at it again. Do you regret, in hindsight, not adding more weight? No, not at all. No, it's not. It's not one of the, like, I could have won that fight, you know, like, in another day, you know, with a, a different game plan on the ground. Um, could have won that fight because we had, we had answers for, put it this way, if you take someone down, Ariel, and you, you're in half guard, you know, if you really wanted to finish the fight, if you really wanted to solidify it, what do you do? You, you posture up and you rain down on them. But, you know, he knew at that point, it's the fourth round, the size is going to be a factor. So I couldn't get him up with my usual stuff because he didn't, he didn't want to give me any space because if he gave me space, he knew I'll take that space and get back up. Um, so he played the smart game. He did just enough that the referee didn't, you know, stand it up. But also at the same time, he just kept that pressure on because he didn't want to give me any space because he knew hey, I'm an eel. If you give me like, he give me a little space, I'll slip right out of there. So 
yeah, he he was he was a veteran in this, and he used some crafty veteran moves to just like pitter patter punches. And I mean, you look at the fourth round after it ended, who got up first and just bounced back to the corner, and who dragged themselves up. You know, um, he knew what was happening. Like in the fourth and fifth round, he had to take me down because he was about to go down. So what what is ultimately your biggest regret from the fight? Mm, biggest. That's a good question. That's a good question. Let me think about this. My biggest regret from the fight. There was there was two instances that I felt I should have capitalized on, and I didn't because of. Mm, I want to see. I don't want to disclose it. I couldn't. I, I couldn't capitalize on them because I felt like he'd have the jump on me. That's all I'm going to say about it. So I didn't capitalize on it. But in hindsight, I should have just shot them anyway. Or I should have just activated anyway because he was tired as well. But yeah, I, I let myself down in those two instances. But um, yeah, I, th- I think those that'll just be my biggest regret of the fight. Just not pull the trigger in those this two key moments in the fourth and the fifth round. Mm. That I just didn't pull the trigger. Yeah. Did he surprise you with anything? The the power, the ground game, the size, not trying to take you to the ground earlier in the fight. Did anything surprise you out of him? His patience. His patience surprised me. Hmm. Um, and yeah, that was I'll, I'll give that credit to him. His patience. He took his time. He didn't um, you know, do what I expected him to do from his previous fights. Cause I mean, they if they they're smart, they would have definitely known like you can't you can't rush this guy, he'll snipe you. You can't just rush this guy. He'll snipe you. So he took his time and only blitzed, blitzed in very few moments, not as much as I thought he would. And his defense, his defense was really good as well. His defense was, um, when I'm talking about defense, I'm talking about like his, put it this way. It's like, it was a, it's a weird game of cat and mouse. Like I'd make him bite on something and he'd be like, oh shit, I just bit on that. He's gonna take advantage of it next. So after the first few, I realized like okay, I'll slow it down. I won't, I won't, I won't try and attack off that bite straight away. I'll, I'll give it time to cook and I'll go back to it. But it was just a it was a mental chess game, a physical chess game where we were both trying to one up each other. So whenever I made him bite, he realized like ah, I fucked up. I showed my hand. Okay, I have to, you know, be ready for his attack off that feint now. So he'd like either pull back or to take a step back and, or check, you know, like he, his defense was really good. Um, what else surprised me? The, the weight didn't surprise me in the fifth round, obviously, because I knew like my legs were fatigued at that point. Um, like I said, you, you can look back at the earlier round when he tried to take me down, um, even tried to get a red naked on one point, And I wasn't even bothered. I never felt threatened in that whole fight. I never felt like I was in danger of, of being finished, if you will. Um, he did. That's why he had to shoot and credit to him for that. Mm. Did you underestimate him in, in hindsight going no. into the fight? No, not at all. No, I took him very seriously. I took him very seriously. He was a credible threat. I, you can't underestimate a guy like that. Um, but I took him very seriously. Um, and I have respect for his counterpunching as well. So that's one of the things that kind of like, um, I, I've watched the fight once now, so I'll watch it again later on um but yeah that was one of the things that we both have respect for each other because for him he's not as crisp as me but then if it lands it's dangerous especially for coming in 
And with me, he knew like I could snipe him. So he he had to respect my counter punching. So we respected each other's counters for different reasons. Um, and yeah, I got hit with his the Polish power, you know. I ate some, I chopped some bread, still standing. Um, that's why I said, like these pre-fight, you know, hype videos, you don't have to you, you don't listen to them, you just focus on what you have to do. And a lot of people just buy into the into the the hype, I guess, but that's what that's what they're meant to do. And yeah, also those 10-8 rounds, man. I don't understand what the fuck these judges are watching. If you're gonna give a Tim Elliott's fight, that last round was a 10-8, maybe a 10-7. If I really want to start using the 10-point must system, using all 10 points, I would have given that a 10-7 because he controlled that from you know the whole five minutes or four minutes, 50 seconds of the of the fifth round of the third round. Sorry. Well, if you control like three minutes, you know, I wouldn't say that's 10-8, if you especially if you're not doing damage, like He didn't do, I mean, did he do damage? He didn't do damage. It was until the last 10 seconds, I was just like, oh, the clapper's on. And I kind of just, I shouldn't have let him pass my guard. Like, that was kind of just me just like, oh, I just kind of like, whatever. But yeah, I'm still here. Still pretty. Didn't really take any damage in that fight. And and, and so, I mean, obviously the 10-8, I agree with you, uh, very debatable. Yeah. You don't think, though, that you won the fight, though, right? Just want to make that distinction. No, oh, no. Okay. No, no, no. He won the fight. No, no. Right. He won the fight. I'm not disputing that. He won the fight and he won it, you know, through crafty veteranship. You know, like he played the game very well. This is chess, not checkers, man. So I give it to him. He won the fight and I didn't underestimate him. I gave him full respect after the fight. You know, he gave me my respect as well. Said I hit a lot harder than, you know, people think. And that's one thing in this fight I, I think I, I should have I shouldn't have done is trying to hit him hard because I normally hit sharp. I don't hit hard. I hit sharp. That's one of my quotes. So I, I guess because he's a bigger guy later on, I really wanted to like let him feel something. So I shouldn't have tried to hit him hard. I should have tried to hit him sharp. But nah, he won the fight. Um, I gave him a 2-2 going into the fifth. It was definitely, I'll take, I'll take round one. Um, I'll give him round two. I took round three, I think quite easily. And then he he realized what was happening from there because he, he, he was tired. He couldn't I mean, he couldn't, you know, sustain that output. So he knew, okay, I got to take him down. And he he did it at the right time as well, which is something I'm definitely going to fix because I know all these guys will start watching and be like, oh, that's how you beat him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go back to my previous fights and see see what, what happens when people try and, you know, take me down. Or, I mean, this is, this is the thing with this game, man. You always, even like with the experts, Ariel, you know, they recently bias. They're like, oh, he has zero ground game it's like no not zero ground game i had my lockdown on at one point i was trying to get to the deep half but he wouldn't let me so he either punched me on that side or threatened something with the cross face and put me back down with his size and i just got frustrated I, it's just i was just like oh do something like that's kind of how i felt you know what i mean like oh do something like show me something you know apart from these <laughs> you know what i mean but and like, like i said he played the game very well to to keep it active enough that the referee didn't stand it up. But he wasn't he wasn't going to try and posture up or do anything because if he did, I'm taking that underhook and I'm getting back up. Um, yeah, we've drilled those things so much. We, I, I know how to, if you give me a little space like that, I'll take the underhook and get back up. But yeah, he played, he played the game very well and he won the fight fair and square. Now, obviously, size was a big talking point going into the fight, but I'm just curious, 
nine and zero in the UFC as a middleweight going into this, and and then you get this fight as a light heavyweight. And I know you just fought one light heavyweight in the UFC, but can you say, oh, it's actually different fighting as a light heavyweight as opposed to a middleweight, or is this just, hey, on this night I wasn't the better man, and that's it, nothing more to look into it. Nah, on this night I wasn't the better man. Like to me, I felt I felt fine. Like <laughs> it felt slower than the, the the pace I'm used to at middleweight, you know. Um, but he also had yeah some good speed on him. Don't get me wrong, he's not a slow man, but it's just the the pace. The pace is a little bit different. I look at the fight with me and Whitaker. The pace was, you know, high pace. Me and Costa, pop, 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 mm-hmm. you know. Um, this is a little slower pace fight because of the respect of the power, his power, and my sharpness. Uh, he respected my power as well. But now nah, I'll just say on this night he was the better man. On this night. Mm. is this something that you want a rematch something like is this a goal of yours somewhere down obviously not next or anything like like but before it's all said and done yeah. do you think this is something that will eat at you nah nah no no way if i lost to like my last last opponent maybe that one would be like i gotta get that back i gotta get that back but nah not not to a guy like yon it's kind of like oh you won you know this time um i think Cards. I hold them close to my, my chest. Again, with the cards. Last time chest. it was all but about the cards going the cards. to the fight. Come on. Yeah, man. Hey, hey. It's a piece. I gave you already. I gave you heaps already. I already gave you so much game. But some, some things I just have to hold close to my chest. I can't yeah. let them know my next move. But um, it's not like, you know, losing a yarn is not one of those things that's like, oh, shucks. It's going to get at me. Yeah, like even he said after the fight, like, I'll remember him forever. Not really. I mean, I've lost before. It's one of those things that over time it just gets washed like 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 the waves in the ocean and then yeah this recency bias man like i said you got to watch like these experts man who talk all this shit, say like oh you know he's been exposed now look at my previous fights my last fights like at middleweight like look at you know hitting the italian with a single leg x sweep you know um threatening guillotines on tavares um what else my fight with gasolum you know how i got up from that threatening with some submissions yeah, like uh, I'm still learning in this game, man. I'm still figuring it out. I just happened to go against a guy who just completely nullified that with his size, and it's fair enough. You know, he played the smart game. This is this is the game we play. So, yeah, it is what it is. The fact that you're still middleweight champion does it soften the blow? The fact that you still have a belt, that you're still the king of the 185 division? Not really. No, it, I mean the blow was felt. Like I, I hate losing. I suck. It sucks losing, but. It's kind of like, I think the fact that I just, I gave a good account for myself is like, oh, you know, I know, I know what I can do at 205. I felt it. I've seen it. You know, I know what I can do at 205. So it's like, okay, these guys weren't that crazy, you know, like all oh, the Polish power and this and that. And it makes no difference to me. Like it's, it's, it's a big jump for some people, but not for me. I've done it before. Like I said, kickboxing and boxing. And I did it in MMA. I just came up short, but nah, it, it makes no difference. By the way, Except what happened when he lays on you and presses you down? But carry on. Uh, what happened to to weighing in at one ninety three? I was I was very hyped about that, and it ended up being two hundred point five. You got to you got to listen to me. I said I said I, I didn't say I was don't gonna, be what surprised. I said was, don't be surprised. Exactly. <laughs> don't be surprised because <laughs> I know myself. Sometimes I'm like my weight fluctuates. I was right. one ninety three that week at one point, but like. Yeah, don't be surprised. And also, you know, had a couple slices in the morning. Mm-hmm. Some of that pepperoni pizza in the morning. Maybe you put a little 
Maybe I could have been 195, but yeah, don't worry about it. Forget about it. What about Saturday night? How much did you weigh, do you think? Uh, I think I was 201 with my clothes oh. on. Damn. Yeah, with my clothes on. I, I took my shoes off. The guys, you know, before the fight, they tell you, oh, can you please weigh in? So I think I took my backpack off, took my shoes off, and I jumped on the scale with my hoodie on, and I was 201 point something. Okay. What do you think he was? Probably hey. like 220 something, right? No, 201. No, 201 him. I was. Him. Oh, I don't know. I yeah, he might be heavier. He definitely would be heavier. Right. But and I could feel down the ground because <laughs> I got to the point. I went back to my white belt moves like in the end of the fifth round because I was just like, he's not letting me any space. When in doubt, pass it out. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. Now, so, yeah. afterwards. Hey, Andre. <laughs> When in doubt, spaz it out. <laughs> I've been making a joke about that all week. I was just like, this guy's not letting me. And then Carlos kind of gave me, like, oh, I should have tried the John Wayne. I was like, I didn't have that in my in my clip ready to go. I was like, ah, oh, next time. Shucks, man. Shucks. By the way, could, could I ask about Carlos? Seeing him lose earlier in the night, did that mess you up at all? Not giving you the out for an excuse here, yeah, but I've heard this from no. teammates. Hell no. no. Nah, we're not one of those. Like, I've fought on cards with my team before, and, you know, and they've lost, but it's never affected me. Yeah, even the, the last one, um, uh, 253, you know, uh, yeah. two of my teammates took L's, but it didn't affect me. Like, I focused, this is, I, yeah, even when they win, when Kai won, I was on the couch, you know, getting a little bit emotional. This is on the couch at the hotel. You still don't let that affect you. You don't let that affect you. You have to just focus on your own journey. That's the main thing. So, nah, nothing before the, in the night affected me at all. Okay. I have to ask, you know, John Jones took a bit of a victory lap tour after the, uh, the of course fight. He did. What do you think of all of that? I mean, that shows his character. You know, you can find a tweet of, of me tweeting after he wins, even against Dominic Reyes or, oh, I don't remember his last fight. Is that his last Thiago, fight? That was his last fight. And then Tiago before that. Really? Oh, Jesus Christ. Find the, find the, find the tweet of me tweeting and, 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 and kicking him whenever I'm shitting on him. He barely beat Tiago Santos. Dominic Reyes arguably kicked his ass. Find a tweet of me going at him and then taking a victory lap. This shows the character of who we are. It shows the character of what kind of people we are, you know? And I know y'all going to use this as clickbait for the title to get some clicks, but whatever. <laughs> like, no, nah, like, it just shows the character. Like, I mean, you know, just time. Time will tell. There's going to be a time. I'll, that'll keep. This just shows me his true character. So I'm like, I bet this is how you want to play it. Cool. Wait till he loses. Wait till wait till he like he thinks. Uh, just time. Time will tell. That's all I'll say. So you don't think the fight is dead? No. Hell no. Hell no. Like I'm not done. This is the story. This is just a little valley in my story. Like, I mean, in any movie, in any like you know, anime series, you always have the valleys, you know, and then you rise up from that. This is just mine, and that's like, all right, cool, bet. I'm taking this very well, and I know exactly what I have to do to get back, you know, to my true self. So, yeah, I'm doing just that. But now that fight's not dead. I'm coming for that ass. So so let's say he fights Stipe next or Francis and loses. You still think you'll have interest in fighting him? Yeah. Oh, no, this is not – this is it's deeper than fighting now. This is This is deeper than fighting. He knows. We know. We all know what he's like. We all know how fake he is. I mean, it's not even going to take one before he fucks his life up again. But if he hasn't already and kept it low key and swept it under the rug, like 
I mean, you you had quarantine Izzy last time going at him and just giving facts, straight facts. So, yeah, I'm just taking my time right now, doing my own thing, focusing on myself. But, yeah, he should do the same because his life could be in shambles. When you come back and you read all the stuff, does it, like, there's not a part of you that's like, uh, you want not nothing, huh? How's that? How do you do that? Ducks back. How do you do it? I'm strong. I'm just me. Like, this is, I've, I've been through worse in life. This doesn't phase me. I've been through worse in life. A motherfucker like that or any kind of um, experts on the internet don't phase me. I mean, if worse comes to worse, if, if you really want to, just log out. Boom. It doesn't exist. Right. Like, literally, think about that. I haven't because, you know, I like to see what the streets are saying. But, like, <laughs> just turn it off. That's simple. Like, it, it doesn't affect you. But some people are just drawn to that. They're drawn to that negativity. And, yeah, take your victory laps now. Take your shots now. Because, yeah, you know what happens. I mean, like, I've used my man, Philip Linden, as an example, you know. Like, his size played a factor in our first kickboxing fight. And I remember it. Like, i check a kick and it'd, it'd still move me because I was really skinny back then. And when I came back and fought him in China in a rematch, I, I mean, I demolished him, you know. Um, this is, this is going to be no different. I, I, like, I like these things because it's kind of a way to reshuffle the deck, you know. Pa, 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 pa. Right. Let's play. Pa, pa, pa. Slap. Oh, sh- slap. Come back with some heat. Boom. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's it's exciting. It's exciting. So yeah, take a little victory lap because you're one of those people who likes to take, you know, um, I guess, what would you call it? How do you say? Joy in another man's demise at the hands of, of another man. You know what I mean? Like I said, I could have done the same thing to him with Tiago Santos when everyone was shitting on him. I could have done the same thing when he got arrested, when, when that clip came out and he was all crying in the car and he knows the officer by the first name, all that kind of shit. I could have been tweeting. I could have had my own victory lap. There's three different occasions I could have, but I didn't because, you know, that's not my character. It shows the difference between him and me. Vast difference. And he's the guy that's all... Hallelujah. Um, could I? Okay, so MMA fans have never seen you lose before, but you have lost in yeah. kickboxing and you have lost in boxing. Did you always handle defeat this well, or is this a product of suffering defeat and, and learning and maturing and ev- you know evolving as a as a mm. human? That's a good question. Hold up. Mm. My first, actually, there was only one that I felt like I didn't handle well. There's only one, and that was the boxing one, and that's because it cheated me. I like I literally rocked the guy in the first round. I beat him in the second round. In the third round, he came back. And yeah, they robbed me because you can't have this amateur, you know, guy with no amateur record in, in, in boxing, this kickboxer come in and just beat up one of the best in Australia. So that one I didn't handle that one well. That was probably the only loss I didn't handle well. Cause if I recall, I went to the gym that Monday, that that, that following Monday, I went to the gym sparring was uh, was yeah i was on a tear and then i just like left and i just yeah i didn't, I didn't handle that one very well that was the only one but the rest i've all kind of just been like oh well life yeah. I, I don't know like people, people people put too much put too much what do you call it um like there's more to life than fighting that's how i always say there's more to life than fighting you know I left. I'm healthy. I can fight this weekend if you need me to. Even at 12-5, I can fight this weekend. That's how great I feel. Only thing is my ankles was a bit sore, but now it's actually healed. Um, yeah, people, there's more to life than fighting. I left, you know, America. I traveled. 
in the middle of a pandemic, like a few M's, you know, it is what it is. I'm happy. But like I said, I hate losing. And I like the fact that this just reshuffled the deck. And now I'm going to change a few things, a few things. It's good. It's good. It's good that this happened. Like, I'm, bro, I just posted something on Instagram saying about, about being humble. and Because I heard that a lot. After the fight. Like, oh, you handled it so well. Oh, he's so humble in defeat. I'm like, I wasn't trying to be humble. I'm just speaking my truth. Humble. I'm not being humble. I'm just, this is, this is just what it is. This is how I feel. This is truly how I feel. The whole post-fight press conference is truly how I feel. I wasn't trying to be humble like some fake-ass motherfuckers. Nah, I'll tell you how it is. And if that's how you want to take it, sure, I'll take it. But I never humiliate or lesser myself than just because I took a loss. No, I'm still the king. I'm still the greatest. Give it time. Just give it time, Ariel. Patience. All right. So I know that you said you wanted Darren Till in your next fight, right? If he wins. So we got a mini tournament going on here, right? We got Holland Brunson this weekend. Then we got Till Vittori. How do you actually see this all playing out? Because I would imagine the guy who looks the best of this whole little mini tournament will be your next opponent, right? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I feel like um, Holland's going to take care of Brunson. But again, Brunson's been a spoiler, like in his last fight with um, Chabazian. Mm-hmm. But Holland should take care of him quite easily. But he still has a long way to go. You can't just beat Brunson. I think he deserves a title shot. Um, Till, definitely, if he wins, he gets a title shot. Uh, to him the italian mm, depends how he wins depends how he wins and also there's that story there of he still thinks he won the first fight <laughs> <laughs> he still thinks he won the first fight oh so stupid uh bellissimo anyway um depends how he wins i like so- it though i like it though i love i love these times man because you know how petty i am i love these times with people I mean, you saw what happened after the Romero fight when they all like doubted me and like, oh, he's so boring. Oh, he, you, you run away. But now we know in hindsight, who the f- was scared? I froze him. Call me Medusa. I froze the bitch. But yeah, like, you know, the, I, I like these times in, in my career when people start to like fall off. And like I said, get the fuck off the hype train. Get the fuck off the hype train. Because yeah, we're just, you know, hey, $100 on number, number 10. Yeah, 95. Yeah, let me get that. A little gas. That's all we're getting. A little gas. And, about to blast. What are the chances you fight in May or June? They don't have a main event. For... What? What? That's Would you be joke. interested that's in coming back that soon? Yes, I'm fresh. Okay. See, now you frame the question properly. I can answer your questions. I'd be interested in coming back that soon. Okay. All right. Uh, and if all goes well, according to you, Till is number one on the list, but he's got to win. Yeah. Scouser is number one on the list, but can do your job, Till. Right. Yeah, yeah, bum. Are they into that as well? Will they do it if he wins? I could give you the tea, but nah. Come on, give us the tea. <laughs> you're in quarantine. I'm in the middle of nowheresville. No one's gonna come oh, you after want us. Some of this quarantine. This quarantine. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, yeah, of course they're into it, but I wouldn't. For me, before this whole bullshit pandemic happened, I was like. Me and Till would be at the O2. That was my yeah. excuse to go to England or London or, you know, Geordie Shore or wherever. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. All right. Um, two last quick things. Do you think your days of fighting at 205 or even heavyweight in MMA are done? You'll be back. Hell no. All right. I'll be back. All right. Like, well, I just have to, you know, reassess, do some things, shake and bake, shuffle the deck, pop, pop. And yeah, I'll do it again. And if Jan happens to be the champion still, 
I'd love to do it again. But if not, you know, um, but yeah, time, time will tell. This is one thing I like about the story, man. I, I like, I'm really grateful for my perspective. I'm really grateful for the way I see this world. I'm really grateful for the way I see life. I'm really grateful for my mind in these times because a lot of people in my situations, they wouldn't handle this very well. A lot of people in my situations would, yeah. It was something Jeff said, my, my, my camera guy, he was filming me um, the next day, like a you know, one-on-one interview for my doco. And um, he, um, what did he say? He said, um, like, if you, if you walk past you guys' room, you know, after the fight, you wouldn't be able to tell it was a, it was a room you know, where two people just lost, you know, the biggest fight of their lives. And I was like, huh, that's a really good statement. And you're right. Like we're in there chilling, talking jokes, you know, celebrating, but not celebrating, you know, like losing, but we're just celebrating how far we've come, celebrating, you know, what we've done in this game from no government funding, like the national sports team of New Zealand, no private funding, from some millionaire or bajillionaire, just through hard work and passion, like, and, and just Eugene picking the right people and Doug, you know, having the, the right facility, you know, um, just, just celebrating how far we've come, how far we've come from such a little small part of the world to, to being the number one gym in the world in like a span of two years, you know, maybe losing one fight a year out of nine fights, you know, in the UFC and our team, like, We've done very well. So we're just celebrating how far we've come and, yeah, how far we have to go. And you mentioned a couple of times throughout this conversation, just have to change a few things. And I know what those things are. I just have to change those things. Could you tell us what those things are? Look at your nose twitching. Look at your nose. <laughs> Give me your mouth twitching that one. You're like, could you? And you knew what I was going to say. I can see your nose twitching. I mean, no. you dr- it's it, to me. It's always interesting when a fighter says, "I know what needs to be done, and I just have to do it." I do. I I, I might tell you when we cut the record, but 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 uh, even already, Eugene just told me like because we had a discussion before about some of the future plans. Like he said, like I've already looked at how to deal with guys when they just put that when they give you no space because this whole camp we worked on those positions with space when they, when they put, like, if you put someone down, Ariel, you try to put them up, you have to mm, mm. Mm, give them space. But, you know, we didn't anticipate he's going to do that, but that's a smart move on his part. So now we have some options. Um, like I said, my boy Carlos told me, he should have hit the John Wayne. I was like, you're right. That would have off balanced him. I could have got the underhook, but it's all good. Yeah. We worked on a few things, but also, yeah, I already know. Don't worry. As for me to know, you guys to watch and stay tuned. All right. We'll leave it at that. Izzy, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Appreciate you talking to us. Always great to hear your insights and uh, looking forward to seeing you back in perhaps, you know, the, uh, <laughs> the spring or summertime and uh, good luck over there in quarantine. <laughs> Losing. I feel your pain. <laughs> Hold on, where's my wallet? Let me, let me get some cash. Yeah. <laughs> That's all good. Thank you. Peace. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. What a pleasure, as always, to talk to the greatest of all time, the one and only, the pride of St. Isidore, <laughs> Quebec, Canada, the former UFC welterweight and middleweight champion, the man who needs no introduction, even though I just gave him one, George St. <laughs> Pierre. George, how are you? Thank you. What a nice introduction. My goodness, Ariel. <laughs> Why do you laugh? Why do you <laughs> laugh, you. George, when I say greatest of all time? You don't like when I say that, right? Well, it's it's a very subjective thing. You know, it depends for which reason greatest of all time. I, I, we can talk about it, you know, and, and um, there's many reasons for a person to be the greatest of all time. You know, they, they're so, you know, if someone who faced the most adversity, someone who has the, the most dominant career, someone who's, you know what I mean? It depends, you know, for, and I don't know. I don't know who would be the, the greatest of all time. I think is uh, there's a few guys that deserve there to, to be there as well. You know, like a, a lot of guys. Sure. Uh, you check off all those boxes for me. Uh, we are not here to talk about that. We've talked about that in the past. <laughs> We're here to talk about a lot of exciting things, as always, going on in your life. And so let us begin with the T-shirt that you are wearing. You are wearing a T-shirt that reads Karate Combat. You're the newest member of the Upstart Karate Combat promotion slash organization. Tell us what you'll be doing for them. Yes, sir. I will bring my insight and I will work. Uh, I'm going to meet these guys uh, when I go to California at the end of the month. And uh, I'm very excited. I'm going back to my roots, Ariel. You know, uh, karate, it's a, it's a great organization. It's a very, uh, very fast paced form of fighting. You know, it's a, it's karate. It's my background for people who know me. I've been doing this for, since I'm, I started, I was seven years old and it's a lot of fun to see now that all, uh, there is a professional organization for karate fighters, people that, that comes from karate background, whether they're from uh, point fighting karate or traditional uh, karate like, like me. So uh, it, the rules are, it, it doesn't favor any style of karate. I would say it's a mix of everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, finally, I'm very happy to see that karate, because karate used to be always in competition with, with one and another. You know, oh, my style of karate is better than your style of karate. And, and now 
what we see now with Karate Comeback is they, they bring all Karate together. So Karate is going to be stronger now because they, they get, it's going to be a, a mix, a competition that allows all different styles to fight under their rules, you know? So it's, it's, it's a very exciting time. So uh, it's been there for a, a few years already, but now we're going to take it to the, the next level. Now, to be clear, you're not going to be actually competing for karate combat. You're going to be what they're calling their, their seasoned sensei. So you'll be helping out the combatants? Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to be helping out, giving my insight, and I'm very excited. I'm going to be with Bass Rutten and a few other guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, of course, uh, considering your background in uh, Kyokushin karate back in the day, I'm just curious if uh, there's any thoughts in your mind, oh, I'm going to be around these guys. I'm going to be watching them. This would be fun for me to go back to my roots and, and actually compete in it. Any interest in that? Has that been discussed at all? Well, to tell you the truth, if I if this is if Karate Combat would have existed when I was younger, I would have come. I would have certainly come competed in it. I think it's a great, great avenue for uh, athletes that are, that are coming from Karate background because it, it, the rules make it in a way that that. They allowed also takedowns and everything. So, so it, it's really, it's really pure. Like, like in terms of rules, it, it's, uh, it's the only organization of karate that they allowed every style of karate to compete with each other. You know what I mean? Because it, if you're coming from karate, Kyokushin background, the rules of karate come back, I, I, I allowed you to do things that you do in, in Kyokushin karate, but also allowed you to do things that, you're not really allowed to do so everybody is out of his comfort zone but they have to compete under the rules of karate combat so so we'll be able to see who's the real best athlete coming from karate background and i think it's going to make karate stronger i think because of that also we'll see more and more uh, athlete coming from karate background competing in in all kinds of of of, of course, karate combat but all kinds of uh, mixed martial art competition that are coming from that organization as well so my understanding is they're filming their third season now, as you said, in L.A. It's going to air in May, uh, network to be determined, um, and people can follow them on Instagram. Karate Combat is their name. This reminds me a little bit, George, of when you were a part of the fourth season of The Ultimate Fighter, where you kind of came in and you weren't a coach for a specific team. You just kind of helped everyone. Does it feel the same sort of way to you? Yeah, I'll try to help everyone as much as I can. And uh, of course, uh, you know, I'm not there to make enemies. You know, I'm, the, I'm only here to make friends. You know, the, the difference is when I was in the ultimate fighting season, I was competing against uh, an opponent. Now I'm, I'm really going there to try to give my insights, try to, to, to teach the guys the, the best as I can. And, and uh, you know, I'm very excited about it. You know, and I'm going back to my roots. And uh, for me, it's, it's a big thing. You still practice karate? A hundred percent. Karate always been part of my uh, of my training. You know when I when I practice, you know a kick is a kick, a punch is a, a punch. You know whatever you do, karate, karate we call in Kyokushin we call that, for example, a roundhouse, a round kick. We call that mawashigiri. You know, in, in uh, Muay Thai they're gonna call it tesai. You know, you know, there's in Savat they have another name, coupier coupier retourné. They have a kick is a kick, no matter which uh, martial art you come from. You know, there's just different names. You know what I mean? And every style of martial art has different uh, specialties. 
you know, and that's what is, is beautiful. Martial art is a, is a universal language that mm -hmm. whatever is your background, whatever is your religion, wherever you come from, wherever is your culture, we can communicate with each other and, 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 and uh, interact with, the, with one another. Is there someone right now in mixed martial arts that you feel is using karate effectively that, you know, we, we know about Lyoto Machida, we know about you, even Henry Cejudo later in his career, he started to use a karate stance. Um, Absolutely. Uh, the best guy I've seen in karate, the best striker I've seen, strike, like if you would make a competition in an octagon, pure striking, the best one I've ever seen, it's Raymond Daniels. The, for me, is the best striker I've seen. The, the, it's, the control of... His control of distance, his timing is just unbelievable. However, keep in mind that when you change the rules, you change the game. Mm -hmm. So he's the best at fighting in, under karate uh, rules, but in, in mixed martial arts, it's different sometimes. You know, so that's why we see sometimes world-class strikers getting knocked out by wrestlers and world-class grapplers getting submitted by strikers, you know, the mixed martial art is different. You know what I mean? It, the distance are different. It, 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 so, but, but in terms of karate, pure karate, I would say Raymond Daniel would be probably in, in the world of karate would be recognized as the, the best, uh, like the goat in, in karate, yep. in pure karate. Mm -hmm. But does it translate as good into mixed martial art? That's another question. You know, there's like, for example, in, in boxing, you would take, for example, Floyd Mayweather, who's probably considered as many like the best of all time. Maybe a striking will not be well adapted for mixed martial art, you know, so you can't really because you're changing the rule. You change a rule, you change your games. You know what I mean? So there's may perhaps some guys that are not as good as a boxer as Floyd Mayweather who would do better in mixed martial art because their striking games are more adapted to, for a mixed martial mm. art competition. Fre Freddie Roach always told me that what he's teaching me in terms of boxing, he doesn't teach me the same way he will teach a guy like Manny Pacquiao because the rules in mixed martial art are different. So the inside boxing in mixed martial art, we don't see that much because there's a lot of clinching elbows and knees wrestling, but, but we see a lot of the outside boxing. You know, like I would say, it's more like amateur style, you know, from mm. the outside. So that's the one thing also in karate. There's a lot of stuff in karate, a lot of moves and technique in karate that are specific to karate that might not be well suited for mixed martial art and vice versa. And jiu-jitsu is same thing, wrestling, same thing, boxing, same thing. So change the rules, change the game. So that actually leads me to my next question. I'm assuming that you saw the Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier fight in January, right? Yeah. Of course, um, I was doing the French commentator uh, on it. On uh, LDS, Réseau de Sport, right? In, yes. Uh, in Quebec. And uh, a lot of talk after that fight was about Connor switching his stance and having a more traditional boxing stance as opposed to his his old karate style stance where he had a lot of movement and he was you know very light on his feet. Did you notice that? And did you think that led to him losing the fight? It could have been a, a big factor why he, he lost that fight. I know he, he talks about how he got hurt with that uh, calf, calf kick. And um, when you're in a boxing stance, very often your, your weight, your, your leg or your stance is wider and your, your, a lot of your weight is, is put on the lead leg, which make you very vulnerable for those leg kicks, you know? And uh that that could have been a big factor and don't forget also that that a lot of the athletes are impacted 
by COVID, you know, like, like, mm. like, for example, like me in Canada, even if I would want to, to train for a fight, it's, it's illegal. You cannot even train I would have to move away. So I don't know how it, COVID has impacted Connors McGregor's camp. I don't know how it is in, in Ireland, you know, would he, did he add to modify the way he was training because of the COVID rules? Did he, did he do more boxing? And that's perhaps what made him not perform as good. But we talk about Connor, but let's talk about also Dustin Poirier. Poirier did an amazing, let's not take away the performance sure. of D Dustin Poirier. It was amazing. He deserved the win, you know? I agree. Like sometimes we, we, we have the tendency when someone is so dominant to, to only talk about how he didn't look the same. And we see that very often, like also with Israel Adesanya and Boavich. Boavich in that fight, same thing. He surprised me. He showed how really how good he was, you know? Like I, I was not expecting to see, I, I, wasn't, I didn't know how good he was. You know what I mean? Same thing with Dustin Poirier. I didn't know how good he was, you know? Yeah. No. And, and, you know, I didn't mean to ask you about Connor so soon, but something that has been said about him that I wanted to ask about you um, and to you was, you know, Marvin Hagler, who, who unfortunately just passed away this weekend, had a famous quote where he said, it's very hard to wake up in the morning when you're sleeping in satin sheets, meaning, you know, when you're rich and famous, it's hard to go run at 5 a.m. And, you know, this has been said of Connor. Oh, he's so rich now. He's so famous. Does he have that motivation like he did six, seven years ago when he had no monies to, to his name? Did you ever struggle with that when you started to become, you know, I'm looking behind you. There's the, you know, the, the Rogers Center in Toronto, 55,000 people. When you were at your height, did you ever feel like you were lacking motivation because now the bank account was bigger and you were a lot more famous? So, so when I made my first million, of course, my life has changed. You know, I, I had more security and I didn't feel that I was fighting for the same reason that I was in the beginning in terms of security. When, when I was poor in the beginning, I was at I was on the edge, you know, I knew if I lost, I would have been deaf and my life would be a mess. When you get money, these things change. However, in, to keep performing, you need to get out of your comfort zone. You cannot stay in your comfort zone during a training camp because you're trying to recreate the same element that you will face for a fight. And when you're going to fight, you won't be in your comfort zone. So it is imperative that Connor, if you want to get back on the road of success, he need to get out of his comfort zone. He need not to be the boss of his training camp. To, to, he need his coaches to tell him, like, now you're going to spar this guy. You're going to go there, do this. Even if it doesn't please him, he need to go through that. Because if you stay in your comfort zone, the only thing that can happen is you, you, you will go down. You need to do that. Um, Israel Adesanya, as you just mentioned, tried to do what you did, uh, going up a weight class and win the belt. He didn't, uh, he didn't add as much weight as people thought he should have. And you talked about adding too much weight and getting sick. Do you think that that was a mistake? Do you think that led to him losing the fight or was it just a matter of Jan being a better fighter that night? It's just, I think Israel Adesanya will have other chances to, to perhaps go back to win a, a title at, at light heavyweight. It's just that Sometimes it's not always the best fighter that wins the fights. You know, it's the fighter that fight the best the night of the fight that wins the fight. When I watched that fight, the first I, I felt that the first two rounds were perhaps going. I was leaning more towards Adesanya. The third round, I didn't know. And of course, the last two rounds was for Boavich. 
So it was still a very close fight. You know, you make that fight 10 times. I don't think Boavich will win all 10 fights, you know? So I don't know. Like, like, I don't think it was a mistake. I think it was a learning experience for Israel Adesanya. I think this fight will make him a much better fighter. And I was very surprised to, I was, I was, I didn't know how good was Boavich. Because not only, I thought to win, Boavich needed to make it more like a dirty fight. And in the beginning, he was able to stand with Adesanya. And I, I always thought that Adesanya would be too fast for him. But Boavich did very, very well in that department. And, and then later on in the fight, I believe because he's a bigger man, Adesanya couldn't, when you fight a bigger man, you cannot stay in front of him and exchange. Mm. You cannot make those mistakes. So you're, the way you fight a bigger man, it's, not, it's, it's never as economical as when you fight a guy of your own size. And it, it, it's, it shows later down the, the road during that, that fight that Boavich was taking over Adesanya, you know? Now, George, I have, I have a big problem, and I'm wondering if you can help me with this. Um, you know, Kamaru Usman is a great champion, and he has four victories in welterweight title fights, but I'm starting to hear people say greatest welterweight champion of all time, better than George St. Pierre, who has 11 victories in title fights. What's going on here, George? How could you <laughs> even say this? I mean, four to 11, let alone, you know, the guys that you fought and beat, this is crazy talk. And I'm not trying to disrespect him at all, but there's a big difference being the man for 11 title fights as opposed to four, right? This is not a conversation yet, maybe in a few years, but yet it's not a conversation, right? Listen, I, in terms of accomplishment, it's different. I've done stuff that I believe he, did, he, he didn't do yet, mm. but I'm going to tell you the truth. And as painful as it could be for any athlete to admit it, the, the athlete of today's are normally better than the athlete of yesterday. And as good as the athlete of today's are, the athlete of tomorrow's will be better. That's how it is. I don't care who you are. Even if you're Usain Bolt, you beat the world record. In a few years, there's another guy that will come and beat your record. Mm. I don't think it's because the guys are better. It's because the technology is better. And it's the same thing in mixed martial art. We cannot measure the performance like in sprinting or weightlifting, but we can only speculate. And, and you know, of course, time for time, maybe he didn't, he didn't win the 11 title, but, he, he, you know, he's raising the bar. And if I don't admit that, that's mean I insult the entire UFC roster. That's mean I, I'm saying that the sport is regressing and it's not true. I believe the sport is getting better. Do I feel that I, if I wanted to, or, or if I would go back in my prime, I, if I could fight Cameroosman, I do think, yes, I could, I could have done it. However, I'm, I'm, I, I know for a fact that as time goes by, guys get better. Even my, my, my goat, my personal goat is Royce Gracie because he has done things that never been done before. But I know for a fact that if I would put Royce Gracie nowadays against a guy of his own size, it might not go well for him. However, for his time, if he has done stuff that I feel it would never be repeated again because he's that good for his time. But guys get better with time. And that's how it is. I don't care who you are. If you are uh, uh, Royce Gracie, John Jones, Dimitrius Johnson, guys will get better. 
guys get better. The pro we cannot stop the progress. And as painful as it is to admit, that's the truth, you know? That is fair, but not yet, right? I mean, we can't put the cart before the horse. There's still some work to be done. There, there are records to be broken. That's, that's my point. Yeah, but, 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 but Ariel, it, it, the way they promote the sport, uh, let's not forget, it, it, mixed martial art, it's a sport about what's next. It's not about what happened before. It's about what's next. And it's always been like that, you know? The, 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 the champion that will come after Kamaruzman, we will promote him as the best guy ever, who, who's better than George Napier, better than Kamaruzman, but it's the same thing. Now we have Kamaru uh, Usman, we have uh, Israel Adesanya. We already, we don't talk about Anderson Silva anymore. You know, we talk about Israel Adesanya and, and, and that's okay. That's how the sport is and, and we have to accept it. You know what I mean? And I know how, how it is and we like to be remembered for, for the stuff that we've done because we put a lot of, 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 of effort into it, but that's, that's the reality, you know? And I accept it. You know, I made peace with it. It was hard in the beginning, but I made peace with it. It's all good. And, and I'm a big fan of Kamaruzman and all these guys that are the, the, the newcomers. I mean, I say newcomer, but the, the current champion. And I think most of the time, the, the guys of today are better than the guys of yesterday. And the guys of the future will be even better than the guy that we have now. Um, speaking of the welterweight division, George, I wanted to ask you about something that you know a lot about and you've experienced it, eye pokes. I don't know if you saw this past weekend, Leon Edwards yeah. and Bilal Muhammad, the eye poke. Could there be anything that can be done to rectify this? Or is this just a byproduct of the sport? The fingers have to be exposed. These are the way the gloves are. You need the fingers for grappling. Do you think anything can be done to stop eye pokes yes. at this point? Yes. And, and, and UFC will not like what I say now, but it's the truth. The, the glove, the way they're made, they make the end open. Look, the gloves of Bellator. The glove, like I'm a I'm a UFC guy, 100. percent I'm, I'm they make I make my living there. But if you, I'm always be real. You know, I'm telling you the truth. The gloves in UFC, they make your hand open. When you put it, they're when they're brand new, they make your hand open. The glove in Bellator make your hand close. That's why the, you don't see as much eye poke, I think, in Bellator than in UFC because it make your it makes your 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 gloves your, your gloves making your hand close, and that's need to be changed. We need to change that. It, it's it's normal. We 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 adjust as the sport mm -hmm. goes on. You know, we, we, same thing with performance enhancing drug. They adjust. Now they need to adjust with that the equipment. I think there is a that's one of the thing they can improve is these. Freaking gloves! Mm -hmm. I, I sorry, it's very frustrating because I'm. I love to watch a, a good fight, like it wasn't th this weekend. Muhammad and then Edwards, and unfortunately, this thing just uh, messed up the fight. Yeah, it need uh, to be done. Yeah, your old coach Trevor Whitman developed a glove that I don't know if you've ever seen it before, but it, it's more rounded and it, it kind of covers this part, but not the fingers totally. I don't know, but I, I agree with you. Even the Pride gloves back in the day were more rounded. I don't know if yes. you remember those blue gloves. Yes, so. because when you, I remember when you're, in the, when we are in the locker room before a UFC fight, we're we're folding the gloves, you know, to make it more uh, more soft. And, and but but when you you first have the gloves, you know, John McCarty he always fold the glove to make it round. But naturally, the glove goes out, like make your hands goes out. It need to be, the glove need to be made in a way that it naturally make your hand fold. And and if you if you want to. Open your hand, you need to force your hand, you know, but, but naturally it folds like this. And mm -hmm. I think it will 
it will take care of a lot of the problems. Maybe not 100%, but it will, it will certainly make it better, 100%. You have a few more minutes for us, George? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, today, I don't know if you know this, eight years ago today, you fought Nick Diaz at the Bell Center in Montreal. Did you know that? that like, does the date mean something to you, March 16? No? I, I didn't know, but, but the, this fight will always, all these fights that I've done, that I've done in, I mean, I say the, the fight I've done in Montreal, but all the fight, it's, it's, it's in my memory and I will remember for the rest of my life. So when I ask you about that fight, like what comes to mind? What are the, the immediate memories that come to mind? Well, I, it, it, it felt to me that it's not really the fight. It felt like I never made peace with Nick Diaz. And it, it's a little bit unfortunate in a way that it took, I feel like he took, he took that not only like a business, he took it like very personal. Yeah, for him, a fight was very personal. But for me, it was very business. You know what I mean? And, and um, I never had a chance to, 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 to see Nick, Nick Diaz after uh, like, like I, we fought. Like a, but uh, if I ever cross path with him, I'll go see him and shake his hand and say, hey, man, uh, you know, no, I don't hold any grudge. You know, I hope you don't as well. <laughs> Maybe he's going to want to fight me. I don't know what he feels. <laughs> but, but, but to tell you the truth, I, I just like to have some sort of camaraderie with my my former opponent because we share a moment we make money we share a moment we have a bond together and and for me he's one of the guys that i never had the chance to talk with after the fight and and, and i feel it's it's missing a little bit in, in my life you know the, the 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 press conference before the wolf tickets press conference you remember when he missed yeah the- it was a lot of a lot of uh, things says a lot of insult and stuff like that but i I just hope he's okay. I, I wish him the best of life and, and nothing but just positivity for, for him. You know, I, I, I just, I don't know what happened to him. I just feel it's unfortunate that he was not able to compete while he's in his prime because I think he left a lot of good years uh, that he, he could have compete. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Unfortunately, but I just hope he's okay and everything is good. I'm, I'm curious to see what he's, what he's up to nowadays. Uh, when he accused you of PDs and and cheating on the scale and all this stuff, like, did you ever feel like it got too personal or that he crossed the no, line? No, that's the thing. It never felt personal to me, but I know it felt personal to him. Mm-hmm. That's how he is, you know. Like, I do not need to be personal to fight a guy. For me, it's just business. Mm-hmm. You know, I will never fight a friend for sure, but I don't need to hate my opponent in order to fight him. I do not need that. I don't carry negative energy. I feel sometimes he needs he need to to have some kinds of animosity, some some hate in terms for, for fighting. Some guys drive themselves differently than others. We're all wired differently. You know, when you look at the sport and you see guys like Junior Dos Santos, Alistair Overeem, even guys like Nick and 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 uh, Carlos Condit, who's getting up there, Jake Shields, like a lot of the guys that you were fighting. Uh, with at the same time or next to at the same time and they don't get to leave on their own terms like you did you're one of the very few in the history of fighting that got to leave on 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 your own terms do you get sad when you see that that you know they're just released or you see them getting knocked out multiple times and it gets anderson silva as well right it it becomes a little uncomfortable how do you feel when you see that well i i i we all have different reasons why we're fighting i i fought you know, because of uh, the passion. I, I never liked to fight, to tell you the truth. You know, I never enjoyed it a second. Like people think I'm lying, but it's the truth. I never love to fight. I never like it. 
the people ask me why you're fighting them. I guess it's because I like to win better than I hate to lose. I like to, I like the money that I was making. I, I like the, the, the freedom in order to have that freedom, that money, that access of thing that people doesn't have. I needed to fight. That's how I make a living. But the, the day that I was fighting it for me, it was unbearable. I never liked it, but I, I guess some people do like to fight and they do that because they love it, but I'm not one of them. I did it because it was my living. I love to train. I love the science of, of fighting. I love martial art, but I don't, like, I don't like to compete because the feeling of not knowing if you're going to be humiliated or badly hurt or winning, it's unbearable for me, you know? But some people, I guess, they like that feeling, you know? And if they want to keep fighting and putting, putting it all, all on the line, that's their, their choice. But what I... If I can, if I may say something to the people who feel like me, who does not like to fight and, and they do that for business, for, for their, their life, man, I'm, what I'm saying to them, the, the advice I would say is do it, do it big, you know, try to go as far as you can, but you know, you have your window, you know, when you're past that window, take your money, take your chip and get the hell out of here. Because if you stay there too long, you'll end up, uh, you know, having uh, very bad damages to your body. You know what I mean? And when you, not only for a fight, when you train for a fight and when you train for pleasure, it's different. Training for a fight, it's very damageable too. All those crazy sparring before a fight because you're trying to recreate this environment. It's a lot of stress, a lot of impact, a lot of, you know, it, it, it takes a lot out of you. And uh, for me, now I, I don't need to compete anymore, and I and 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 I feel good in my own skin skin with it. I may, I, you know, I I did it. You know, I I've beat the game. You know, I've, I've I've I was champion, and I get out of my own term, and I beat the game. You know, I'm 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 done. You know, don't let the game beat you. Beat the game. That's why I can say to the the young guys that that has the same mentality as me. But if you want to hang out in there and fight because you love it or because you need more money it's your choice you know but uh you know uh, uh, that's not how i think george this sounds like an official retirement announcement from you did you just officially retire for the first time that no, no, i retired a long time ago the, the only you thing never is say the I word retire, i'm retired you've never said that <laughs> no i real the the only fight that could have made me get up of of retirement was Khabib at that time, but it was like we thought it's more than two years ago. We tried yeah. to make it. UFC Khabib wanted that fight. I wanted that fight, but UFC did not want it that fight. And, and and then that that's it. Then after you have all these guys that are calling me out, uh Kamaru, uh, all these guys, and, and it's okay, and I understand why. Because they want to have uh, the legacy I have, but it's not by beating me necessarily that they're going to get that legacy. Don't forget that I, I defend my belt many times. I, I, I had to fight certain guys more than two times. I fought Matt Hughes two, three times, Koshek two times, Pat, BJ Penn two times. I, I fought guy many times. And, and it's a long process. It's a long grind. But you need to go through that. If you want to be accepted as the legit champion, the greatest guy that you want that, that you that, that you want to have, that you want to be, you need to go through, through that. It doesn't happen overnight. For example, it's not because Uriah Hall beat Anderson Silva in his last fight that he gain, he's gaining all Anderson Silva legacy. 
That doesn't work like that. You know, Anderson Silva, you never you never fight the same fighter twice. Anderson Silva is not the same, he's not the same fighter than when he was when he beat uh, Victor Belfort. It doesn't work like that. I'm not the same Georges Champier I was when I went on my knees and begged UFC for a title shot. So that's what the guys sometimes they don't understand. But I, I never, for me, I feel like a, like a, it's not an insult. I I, I feel like it's, it 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 make me feel good that they're calling me out. That's me. That's mean for them. I'm still relevant, so I don't take it personal. For me, it's a it's it's a it's a good thing. It's a positive thing. So I feel very happy to be in this position. You are an inspiration for us older guys, George. So keep it up. And congratulations on this new deal with uh, Karate Combat Season 3 coming up in May. You're going to be their season sensei. You'll be working with Boss Rutten. They have a great product. And uh, I think it's pretty awesome that you, considering your roots in karate, are kind of coming back home full circle to give back to the uh, the younger athletes. So, felicitations and good luck with the filming coming up. Merci beaucoup, Ariel. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, man, I look forward to see you, see you soon, Ariel. Man, uh, I can't wait. Now everything is close, man. It drives me nuts. So Soon. I can't wait to see you guys and uh, take good care of yourself. Eh? Thank you, George. All the best. All right. Now let us say hello to one of the nicest and greatest fighters in the history of mixed martial arts. Of course, you know him. He is the former UFC heavyweight champion, the one and only Junior Sigano Dos Santos, kind enough to join us today. Junior, it's great to see you and your uh, your famous smile. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> we found out a couple of weeks ago that you have parted ways with the UFC. So I'll just ask you a very simple question to start. How are you doing since this news came out? Uh, I'm doing fine. Uh, there you go. Uh, good to talk to be talking with you again. <laughs> Always uh, nice. And yeah, I'm doing fine. Actually, it was a uh, it was it wasn't a a good a good news for me. Of course, uh, I, I had uh, you know. For me, I feel like I had so much, so much to do still in the company, especially the rematch, you know, because things weren't working very well in my last fights. But I understand that they are, they have to run the business the, the best they can, you know, whatever they have to do to, to, to get better, better results or whatever they believe it's going to be, be good for them. You know, that's what it, what, what they have to go with. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, we have to absorb that and move forward, of course. How did you find out? Um, actually, I had a, 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 talk, a little talk with a hunter before. And uh, then he, we, we were kind of discussing at the moment and, and things. And, uh, and then they, they released that, you know, for, for the meet, as always. <laughs> They released that for the media first, you know, even, um, uh, uh, yeah. And then uh, I realized that, that that was happening, you know. And, uh, yeah, but uh, that was good to talk a little bit with Hunter. You know, he was kind of, uh, he was, you know, giving me the, the a little attention, you know. Like with Dana, as an example, I, there's years. I don't talk to him, <laughs> so... So it, it was kind of good to have, have someone at, at least um, reaching out and trying to uh, understand a little bit of the what, what's going on. Hmm. So he told you, he called you, Hunter Campbell called you to let you know that they were doing this or that they were considering doing this? 
yeah, they were doing this. Yeah, okay. they were. Yeah, we, um, because of the, of course the, the the moment and everything that I, I, I was I was leaving the company, they they realized or I don't know. You know, he he said they have a they had a folding section. You know, wow. and the majority voted for me to to, to take me uh, away from the company or like to release me from my contract. So that's that's what he told me. Since the news has come out, it's been a couple of weeks now. Have you heard from Dana White? No, actually, I, I, I didn't. I, like, I, like I said, you know, there's years. I don't talk to him. You know, he doesn't. Uh, I saw that he was saying something about <laughs> he did a, an interview kind of uh, explaining what was going on and that why they, they released me. And he was saying and talking about the age or something. So I, I had to laugh on that one because that, that was just funny. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, Dana White, uh, he say some things that looks more as a MMA fan than the president of the, the biggest uh, MMA organization in the world. You know, it doesn't make any sense. You know, actually, I can tell you, I'm, I'm uh, probably I'm in the best shape ever, man. I'm feeling great training is going, is going good. The, the problems that I'm having, you know, right now on the fight week and especially inside the octagon are way, uh, way far from aging or way far from any other things. You know, I'm, I've been learning with my, my life has changing a lot. So I've been learning how to deal with everything, you know, around me. And it's been, it's been, it's, it's kind of been, uh, I, I, a different moment, not a strange, not a, a hard moment, but a, just a different moment. And, uh, and like I said, I, I, I can tell you, I'm, you know, actually the people who trains with me, who was who, around me and who knows me very well, they know that I, I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm training good and I'm in, probably in the best shape because I'm smarter now, <laughs> more experienced. So I'm probably in the best shape of my life. All right, so that was a taste of my interview with Junior Dos Santos. Highly recommend you check it out. Uh, I do believe he's one of the nicest human beings in the history of the sport. You can tell that he is hurt by uh, the way things ended with the UFC. We talked about the, uh, the somewhat controversial loss to Surreal Gan, where he goes from here. Also, some of his favorite moments inside the UFC octagon. I mean, what a run this guy had. Of course, former heavyweight champion. Um, had that big one over Cain Velasquez on the first Fox show. Has been in the UFC since 2008 and uh, did things the right way. So it was great to catch up with him. I appreciate him talking to us. And I urge you all to check out the full interview over on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel. You know by now, youtube.com slash ESPN MMA. We got another really busy week of MMA action coming up, or weekend, I should say. We've got Brave coming up on March 18th. Cage Warriors has their trilogy shows once again. So three straight nights, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday with some really good prospects. And of course, great European fighters uh, competing all in London. So definitely check that out. One Championship is back on Friday as well. Friday morning here in the United States. LFA is back on Friday night. On Saturday, we've got KSW back with a really fun main event involving the great Marius Pujanowski, uh, that of course taking place in Poland. And then of course on Saturday night, 
We have the UFC on ESPN and ESPN Plus once again. And what a main event. Kevin Holland, who won five fights in seven months last year, tying the record for most fights um, uh, won in a calendar year um, in the modern UFC era. Getting a big shot against Derek Brunson. And if he wins this fight, I think he's definitely in the discussion to uh, to fight Israel Adesanya next. So that's the main event. Big time fight at middleweight. But also, you've got Gregor Gillespie returning for the first time since his loss to Kevin Lee back in November of 2019 against Brad Riddell. Massive fight there at 155. Tai Tui is on the card. Max Griffin is on the card as well. Uh, Macy Chason is on the prelims against Marion Renault. You got names like uh, Anthony Burchek. I mean, it's it's a nice, Trevin Giles, a nice little card. Kicks off at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Plus. And the main card is a 10 p.m. Eastern start also on ESPN this time and ESPN+. Plus. Oh, by the way, late, late Saturday, early Sunday, Ryzen is back with one of the uh, the best fighters in women's MMA. Uh, super atom weight title fight involving Ayaka Hamasaki. So if you're if you're down for even more MMA, you can watch Ryzen. So like I said, uh, almost every major promotion is uh, is holding an event this weekend. Of course, no PFL, no Bellator. They return in April, but there is a lot to like this coming weekend and a lot to be excited about. Our own little version of March Madness. Also, the uh, the collegiate wrestling March Madness is going down this weekend in uh, St. Louis as well. Anyway, a lot to go and watch. A lot to discuss next week. For now, though, I am out of time. Thank you so very much to Israel Adesanya. Thank you so very much to the great George St. Pierre. Thank you very much to Junior Dos Santos. And of course, thanks to all of you for continuing to rate, download, review, and subscribe. It's very important right here on the feed, wherever you listen to the podcast, on YouTube as well. We appreciate it, and it means a lot to us. New episode, by the way, of Aaron the Bad Guy tonight on ESPN Plus and tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. Thank you to our producer, Christina. Thank you to everyone at ESPN for making this all happen. And I shall be back next week. Same time and place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here.